the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Don't change me Don't change me a very good evening, everyone, on what is a bit of a wintry day, even though we've slipped into spring. Great to have your company. Welcome to Sports Day WA. It's all thanks to the Kia EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Interesting what uh, Paul Hazelby mentioned uh, in the run home. One of maybe the leading stories of the day and what really has been quite uh, a fairly quiet day today for the good oil for Cobram Estate, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil. The good oil is that maybe Sean Darcy could be penning a new two-year deal to stay at the Fremantle Football Club. So we wait. That is the Dockers. Fans wait in anticipation of that occurring. i tell you what I came across today and it got me thinking uh, we went about oh, 23, probably 28 years ago. This song came out and it got me thinking about my journey with Australian rules football. The song was recorded by Greg Champion as part of the Could Have Been Champions back in about 1994, 95 it was released. Have a listen to it. I've got my old coat I got a 40 game to go to Footy's on, footy's here again Back to greet me like an old friend there Well that's the thing about That's what I like about Yeah that's the thing about The thing about football Outside the ground, we'll argue over who's gonna win. He'll go for his team, I for mine. We'll watch him slug it out right to the end. Show me the crowd and I'll take my place. I'm hungry, I'm hungry for the taste of it. Well, that's the thing about, that's what I like about. I heard that actually last night. Uh, just by chance, I was driving around and I was listening to a couple of satellite stations around Australia and that song came up and it got my curiosity up again today. So I went and had a look at the clip and as I said, it's under 30 years ago, but the actual clip with all the action that was overlaid over the song by Greg Champion was just brilliant. It really was brilliant. The fans, I got my scarf, got my old coat, and they trudged down to their favourite football ground. Uh, It was like a real blue-collar sport then. You know, people used to have their pies. They used to go and pick up their friends, and they used to go down by public transport to their local footy ground. Because, you know, Melbourne many years ago had all these suburban grounds. As we know, it was basically based in Melbourne, but not too dissimilar what happened here when we had those suburban grounds and in Victoria had Victoria Park for Collingwood and, of course, Princess Park for Carlton, Moorabbin for St Kilda. Uh, and it went on and went, went on the Western Oval or the Witten Oval, as it was uh, later known, for Footscray. Glen Ferry, I remember, was the Oval for Hawthorne. Uh, Essendon had Windy Hill. So 
it was it sort of encapsulated that sort of era. And I know we can't live in the past, but I reckon the fabric of what I saw with that film clip has been lost somewhat. You know, the the so-called connection that the game had with the fans. And I reckon Greg Champion sung about that. I got my scarf, got my old coat. I went and met my mate outside the ground. We'd argue over who's going to win. He'll go for his team. I go for mine. And we watch him slug it out till the end. And it was really the fabric of the game. Like, you used to go with your mates and you used to argue with your mates. These days you go and see... Docker supporters go with Eagle supporters wrapping their arms around each other. I'm just wondering whether we've just... It's a different era. It's a different sport. I said to Jimmy, my producer, mate, he actually got the hairs on the back of my neck standing up. All these old great champions and the highlights of the game when that song was released. What do you miss about it? What do you miss about football? That's the thing about football that you love that maybe you miss. Now, I miss that blue-collar sort of togetherness of heading down to the ground with your mates, having maybe a Coke and a pie and heading into the ground and mixing it with the opposition, and it was us and them, and it was just uh, it was just a great outing. It really was every weekend, and we used to look forward to it. Love to hear your thoughts on the Temper of Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. Because today, Gary Lyon came out and suggested that Melbourne and Collingwood is now the best rivalry in Victoria. And of course, they do battle in a qualifying final on Thursday night. Has it superseded maybe Collingwood and Carlton? It appears, according to Gary Lyon on the SEN Breakfast Show, that is the case. That he thinks now the rivalry between the Demons and the Magpies is probably the greatest rivalry in Victoria. As we know in Adelaide, they've got the showdown, and here we've got the Western Derby. Do you agree with Gary? Lot to hear your thoughts on that. And the other thing, completely different away from football, is cricket could be returning to the Olympic Games as an Olympic sport for the second time, and it looks like being staged at the 2028 LA Olympics. Now, the executive board of the International Olympic Committee is set to deliberate on what new sports will be welcomed into the fold for the LA Games this Friday. And there are reports claiming that men and women's T20 cricket will make the cut and become an Olympic sport for just the second time since the 1900, 1900 Paris Games. Now, the IOC President Thomas Bach is reportedly a big fan of bringing cricket into the Olympics, given the sport's mass appeal in countries such as India, Bangladesh and Pakistan. Now, the three nations aren't exactly world beaters in other Olympic sports, but if cricket was included it would no doubt attract even more eyeballs to the tournament in 2028. However, the organisers of the 2028 Olympics in LA would only allow cricket if flag football, a non-contact version of American football, was also included into the Games. What are your thoughts on that? Cricket as an Olympic sport, and the reason they want to bring it in T20 style is to try and maybe get India, Bangladesh and Pakistan, who don't win many medals at the Olympic Games, maybe securing one through cricket. Uh, Is it a tick for you? But also a tick about 
the fabric of football. Ryan says on the Temper of Bedshed text machine, afternoon, Peter, that song as well as Up There Kazali, Give Me Goosebumps, every grand final day, was released when I was eight years old and it never gets old. I agree with you, Ryan. It is a fantastic uh, song by Greg Champion, who wrote so many great sporting songs uh, during his period with the Could Have Been Champions, which was a weekly program on the ABC, and then it went to commercial radio. But the film clip's brilliant. The film clip is brilliant because it takes you back and it features all the champions of that era and the era before, but it also encapsulates the the so-called colour that was around football with the fans and what they used to get up to and how they used to travel to the football and what made them really excited. And I just reckon we've lost a bit of that. There's no question the game is far more elite and far more dynamic in relation to a lot of areas, but it's probably lost just a little bit what I term its soul from those years gone by. Get on the Tempera Bedshed text machine. What do you miss about uh, maybe football that Greg Champion was singing about in that song uh, just over 25 years ago? Uh, the updates, thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. Coming up on the program today, we're going to speak to Brett Peake. Uh, I could not let it go... Uh, regarding what happened in country football in Albany. Now, we spoke to the president of Northampton Rams yesterday, and it was a great chat about when them winning their very first premiership in the great Northern Football League uh, since 2004. Well, today, we're going to speak to Brett Peake, the former Fremantle and St Kilda player who played a lot of finals for St Kilda. So we're going to talk to him about the Saints as they prepare to do battle with GWS in an elimination final at the weekend. So Brett Peake's going to talk to us, but also talk to us about his experience down there in Albany with what at one stage labelled as the worst country football team in the land, and they've got up uh, and won the premiership at the weekend, the Albany Sharks. So we'll speak to Brett Peake about that in a moment. Lance Morris, uh, the WA uh, Super quick, fast bowler uh, from the Perth Scorchers and WA Cricket's going to join us. We're going to talk about the Scorchers list and particularly on the back end of the uh, BBL draft that happened at the weekend. So just a couple of the special guests coming up on the program. Uh, on the Temper of Bedshed text machine, uh, Roy says, G'day, Pete. I was thinking this yesterday. What I missed the most is the wet weather footy and full forward sliding through the grass for metres. We had a brilliant game with so many new rules. Okay, uh, good on you, Roy. Uh, thanks for that. Yeah, the game has changed. Like Jimmy said to me, my producer, we were talking about it. The game is completely different. It really is completely different compared to what it was just uh, over 20 years ago. As I said, Brett Peake will join us in just a moment. By the way, the Friday night at the G, it's going to rain and hail. That's the forecast. So it's going to be also like that. They reckon the showers increase during Thursday night's game and it will continue through Friday. So winter has returned to the MCG. 11 past five. We'll get Brett Peak on in just a moment. As I said, you can continue uh, bringing us those texts on the Tempera Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. Just jot it down in your diaries as well that because of the football on Thursday night gets underway at 20 past five, Collingwood and Melbourne, that qualifying final, the first of four finals across the weekend. Sports Day WA on Thursday will be on between 
two and three leading into the run home. So on Thursday, Sports Day WA between two and three leading into the run home with Hayes Amato between three and five. That's on Thursday due to Thursday night AFL action. Of course, SEN WA will broadcast all the four finals right here uh, for you, wherever you may be listening. As I mentioned, uh, another great story to come out of uh, the grand finals in country football uh, across the state during the weekend is Brett Peake's story. I did speak to him a little while back. He's uh, nestled himself nicely into the southwest community down there, more the great southern community, and at the weekend was involved in a premiership. Played many a final when he decided to leave Fremantle and go to St Kilda, and he joins us on the program now. Brett, thanks for your time. Afternoon, Pete. Thanks for having me. How are you? I've, uh, how were the celebrations, firstly? <laughs> Um, oh, I'm getting too old for it now, but uh, it was, it was good. It was just, um, I suppose, yeah, just to just to celebrate with the boys, the supporters, everyone who's, uh, you know, ever ever helped the club uh, in its sort of journey. It was just good to reflect on the tough times and obviously. Uh, the excitement of, of winning the, the big one on Saturday. Yes, uh, you beat Railways in what was a big game, Albany Railways, 9-12-66 to 7-6-48, after winning just two matches in 12 years and being dubbed by many as maybe Australia's worst footy team. Uh, you won your first ever league premiership uh, in that grand final. Now, tell us about the team. Tell us about the club. Uh, was it a bit unfair labelling them the worst footy team in country footy? Um, well, I, I wasn't there when they, I suppose, got classified as the worst. It's a pretty big call. There's a lot of footy clubs uh, around Australia and, and, a, and a lot that sort of haven't won games for many a seasons. But um, they obviously, yeah, they, they did struggle. Uh, and I was lucky enough, this is my third year now, and the year before I rocked up, um, they didn't win a game. They'd lost games by, you know, in excess of 150 points. And I always say at footy clubs, if sort of the senior hierarchy, the coaching, the, the, the board, all that sort of higher level, and if, if they can take control of, of the bigger picture and put a plan in place, everything will sort of eventually come the way of which everyone involved in the club wants, and that's to win a grand final. So uh, there's been many a hard work from, from many a people at the club to get it to where it is at this stage. Some that are obviously still there working tirelessly, more than ever, and then others that have obviously, you know, been along uh, for the journey who also were there on the weekend and got to celebrate with everyone in what was a momentous occasion for the club. Tell us about your president, a uh, female president, I believe the only female president uh, in the great Southern uh, Football League who had been there through the tough times and would have really savoured uh, the grand final win at the weekend. Oh, she's a bloody ripper. Um She's like she's she's pretty much like a second mum to to all the players because she makes she makes sure that obviously the, the clubs ran right and everything's going. But she also cares about the welfare of of the team and how they're going. And for her, she I, I've never I've never seen someone uh, who puts in so much work to a footy club. And I know there's a lot of people that do, but to see it firsthand. And I, I say it to the young guys that when you get older uh, and you're involved in footy clubs you sort of reflect on how much actually goes into it. When you're young, you just rock up to training, rock up to game day, do what you need to do, um, and then, you know, off you go. So I suppose for me, it's, it's understanding what goes in to get a club to this moment. And, um, yeah, she's been a mountain of work, along with a, a lot of other people as well. But um, she, she certainly savoured the moment. And, um, 
Uh, I don't think she'll forget it for a very, very long time. Yeah, Tracy Blasco is her name. So congratulations to her and the committee and all the players uh, that pulled on that teal jersey and helped the team lift its very first premiership. So uh, you've had a pretty good career. You know, East Fremantle, Fremantle, St Kilda. And I know you live in that part of the world now. You would have enjoyed that. I, I did. Um it still hasn't sort of sunk in. I, I, people forget. I, I'm, I was 40 this year, so wow. Um, I still, I still cop it to, to, well, I call it trying to still play the game. <laughs> I don't think every, I don't think anyone will ever master the, the game of AFL. And I'm fortunate enough uh, that I'm, st- I still get to play, and I, st- I still get to play at the highest level that I can, and I get to, you know, hopefully share some of my knowledge that I've learned from the old man, from some of the greats that I've played with along my journey. And, um, yeah, I, it, it was pretty special. It was pretty special because uh, it was the first one for the club, um, you know, just how it all evolved. And, and it, was, it was a gritty win as well. We played a really, really solid team who beat us in the grand final the year before. So it's just another, it's just another part of my personal footy career and, and journey. And when that ends, I suppose I'll sit back and reflect. But at the moment, uh, it's still a little bit of a blur and a little bit surreal, I could probably say. Well, you know about finals football. After all, when you went to St Kilda during the 2009 trade week, in the end, I think you played about seven finals matches, including two grand finals for the Saints. Are you happy to see him back playing finals football this year? Yeah, I, I don't know if it was when I was last on with you. I, I think you might have asked me a question about Ross, and I said he'll get him to the finals this year. Mm. Um a lot of people probably sort of laughed at me, uh, and I, I make it pretty clear that you know he's the, the greatest coach that I've ever had, and it's just the way that he goes about it. So um, for where they are now, uh, it's obviously deserved, and um, they're a big chance this this week. So um, I'm sure he's got them ready to go, and um, I think it's going to be a really really tight final series this year. Um, I, I think it could go between any of the top eight sides on their day. I know that's very cliche, but um, yeah some of the clubs are firing at the right end of the season. Now, you did say to me that you thought, and this was early on in the season when we spoke to you, suggesting, I think it may have been when the Saints were playing one of either the Eagles and the Dockers, and I got you on to reflect on your time at St Kilda, and you did say, and I remember clearly, that you feel that Saints had a pretty good chance, uh, if almost a certain chance, of playing in the AFL finals this season. When you get there, Brett, uh, it's a hard grind. You've got to go through home and away and you finally get there. And when you're playing in an elimination final like St Kilda is and like the other three clubs, you know, Carlton, Sydney, GWS, all taking part in a make-or-break game, yeah, there's no, there is no chances here, a second chance if we can term it. You make a couple of serious mistakes and it could be gone just like that after working so hard since March to get where you are. It can be over with, you know, a, a, a wrong decision as a player or a wrong coaching move, and, and, it, and it can. Um, finals, uh, when people ask you what a final feel like as a player, it's amazing how from round whatever, 22, 23, however many, a week later or two weeks, because they have the buy, how much a game can change in tempo, in hardness, um, in emotion. It is, it's a crazy thing. Uh, and, and even playing finals at a lower level, is the exact same thing. The game goes up tenfold. And um, when you know it's potentially your, your last game of the season and it's as do or die, you're virtually throwing everything possibly as an individual and as a team to obviously carry on to go to that next week. And 
hopefully uh, lift that trophy at the end of the year. Yeah, no, it's going to be a very interesting final series. And I think you're one of many people that are really finding it very difficult, not only to select four winners this weekend, but also to predict who could be in the grand finale at the end of September. I played a song earlier, in fact, Brett, uh, and it came out about 1995. Uh, it was sung by Greg Champion, and it was called The Thing I Like About Football. That's the thing I like about football. And he sort of takes us back to those days of, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, and even to the early 2000s, how it was, I think, a more blue-collar sport than it is now. What do you like about football now? Because it's changed so significantly even in the 10 years that you've been out of the game. Um, what do you like about football now and what do you miss about football that perhaps was part of your experience with the game either here in Western Australia or in Victoria? Oh, the game now is too, too commercial. Um, it's, don't get me wrong, I, and I haven't watched much at all. My, my sort of watching days and, and that are sort of over now, so it, it is a little bit of ill of me to, to speak on it, but I just see it is such a business now, like, Clubs are ran as such a business. Uh, I, I would, if it was me now and I was getting drafted, I, I would struggle. Um, I sort of was, came through that sort of era where, uh, yeah, you could you could have a decent Mad Monday and you could have a decent Christmas party and, and have a few beers and let your hair down. Whereas now, um, everything's so scrutinised uh, on the players that you know they get caught doing anything. So um, that would probably be a blight from, from my sort of uneducated outside view, um, that it's just too much of a business. Um, I don't know if we spoke about it last time. I still reckon the draft age needs to be uh, lifted to 20. I think that's the biggest thing that will change the game. Uh, I know it's only two years, but I think if they lift the draft age, it'll. I think it will help the competition and help the young kids who come in at 18 and get spat out at sort of 2021. 20, um, what I liked about it sort of when I was playing and obviously I was fortunate enough to grow up watching Dad um, I really enjoyed the olden days footies um, so what was I in 83 so late 80s early 90s even um, and some of the greatest to have ever played the game I got to watch Gary Ablett Senior yeah. Um, and yeah I liked those days the game was a lot different it's so from a sports science point of view now they everything is mapped and GPSed and you, you sort of can't hide as a player. You, you're virtually like a, a robot. So um, at the end of the day, when, when it's on, I do still enjoy watching it, but I'm, I'm certainly not as heavily invested as I have been over the years. I think it's coming to that point now where footy for me is going to be done and dusted and I probably won't have anything to do with footy uh, once I make that call. Yeah, good on you, Brad. Uh, of course, uh, you've got other priorities in life as we all do as we get older, of course, with family and sort of other interests outside what was your profession for a number of years. Finally, as you mentioned, you sort of keep a bit of a handle on what's happening. It's been a tough year for WA footy, hasn't it, with the Eagles and the Dockers? It has, um, especially for the Eagles. Uh from all reports, though, they started to get a little bit of the style of play, and they had a few senior players come back and um, you know got a, got a win towards the end. And, and, and really, from what I hear, is they started to get it back a little bit. Obviously, the external noise in regards to you know Simpson yelling and that. My biggest thing is he took to a premiership in what four years ago, five years ago, mm. um, and everyone's quick to jump down his throat. And the, you know the team's had a pretty bleak two or three years, I think, but. Sometimes supporters and footy lovers just need to take a backward step and understand that 
it, it's not easy. Not not a team can make the grand final every year and, and win finals and win games. So hopefully they sort of take their foot off the pedal on that one. And, and you don't like seeing any team, uh, you know, do as bad as they did. And then on the flip side, obviously seeing Fremantle do so well last year. Uh, and I think I said to you as well, I, I, I said that they wouldn't make the eight. Um, and they probably should have been a top four side. So in regards to trade period this year, um, what they need to add, if they can add, you know, a couple more players, I still think their youth is the one that's going to get them into the finals next year and take them to potentially that first premiership. Um, some of their kids are, are A-grade footballers and it seems like they've got a real level head and um, mature beyond their years. So next year's a big one for them. Next one's a, a massive year for Fremantle. So um, I suppose we'll sit back. They'll... Uh, have their time off and come back in pre-season and and be pretty hungry. Good on you, Brett. Lovely uh, talking to you again. I, I really enjoy our chats. Congratulations on getting a, a probably a bonus by playing with the Albany Sharks and uh, being involved in the great Southern Football League Premiership. It would have been very well ce- celebrated and very well received uh, at the weekend, and you were part of it. And uh, we thank you for sharing that experience with us and give us an insight on uh, certainly football today and the Saints' hopes. Just in a word, can Saints beat GWS? Yeah, I think they can. Yeah, good on you. All right, mate, I'm keeping my fingers crossed too. I I want the Saints to win too, for your sake and Jimmy's sake, my producer out there. Thanks for joining us, uh, Brett, and we'll keep in touch. Have a great uh, weekend weekend. Appreciate it, thanks. Good on you. Brett Peake joining us on the program. Uh, just before we take a break, Tony from Woodvale's been on the uh, temper of bedshed text. And she's, hey, Peter, you forgot to ask the East Perth coach yesterday, who I did speak to, about the four <coughs> um, people on the field in Claremont Colours. He's referring to the umpires. I can't say that word. Uh, yeah, they East Perth supporters were far from happy. I must admit, I said that yesterday. I just thought, to be fair, the four umpire system... Didn't really work in the waffle in the game that I saw at Leaderville Oval. There's mass confusion and a lot of mistakes made by the officials. But as they say, they are humans and humans make mistakes. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. And when you hear that song, you'll hear it regularly. We're having a chat to the wild thing himself. Uh, of course, WA and Australian right arm fast bowler, Lance Morris. Lance, thanks for your time. How you going? Thanks for having me. Are you sick of hearing that song? <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit, maybe. Lance, who sang that song? Do you know now? The Togs. The trogs, not togs, the trogs. <laughs> so you can just say Peter. Okay, I don't even know it. Yeah, Peter Vlahos told me it's not the togs, not the things that you wear when you go swimming, uh, the trogs. So, okay, well, there you go. Oh, you've, you've, oh, close enough. Yeah, close enough. Not bad for a boy from Busser. You've done very, very well. Mate, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, no doubt, we, even though it's not cricket weather today here in Perth, it's bucketing down where we're uh, situated here in our radio studios at the stadium. We had the big bash. Uh, uh, 
well, like draft at the weekend. And, of course, Zach Crawley, who uh, we've seen his wares uh, for England, is coming to wear the orange. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. I think um, the coaches were pretty surprised when he didn't get picked up um, and we managed to get a crack at him. So, um, yeah, I can already see him um, opening up the batting for the Scorchers and just playing um, nice shots up the top and, and getting good reward for it. So it should be exciting cricket. What are your thoughts on the Big Bash draft? Uh, I think it's it's something different, I guess. Uh, there's so many leagues around popping up and um, there's a fair bit of competition out there now for white ball cricket. So I guess you just have to be a little bit different and have a bit, bit of something that um, keeps some eyes glued on the TV, I guess. Yeah, fair call, fair call. And when you look at uh, the Big Bash, as we know, back-to-back premierships, championships for the Perth Scorchers, how do you assess the squad and some of the other players that are coming into the competition for this coming summer? Of course, Brooke has gone to the Melbourne Stars, That the youngster, Harry Brooke, who's just an absolute, going to be one of the world's great cricket players uh, over the years. Uh, how do you think uh, the draft has worked and what do you think it's added uh, to the competition that's coming up? Yeah, I think first and foremost, you just have to look at the amount of people that uh, applied to be drafted, I guess. I think there were there was a, yeah, a huge number of people that wanted to come over and play. So it's just a nice reflection on um, what the world thinks of BBL cricket. It's a, it's a really strong competition and um, everyone wants to come and play in Australia over the summer. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. And then the draft just adds that little bit of drama, I guess. You don't know where each player is going to end up and, um, yeah, spices it up a, a bit, I guess. And how has your pre-season been? Uh, what have you been doing and uh, where you're at? Because we know fast bowlers, it's very taxing on the body. Uh, of course, throwing them down religiously over short intervals. How are you travelling and what sort of pre-season have you had so far? Yeah, I'm, I'm travelling really nicely at the moment. I'm just doing a very gradual build back into um, competitive bowling and uh, it's been a it's been a long process coming back to from a what I guess you would call was like a, a bit of a bone injury. It's I had I had a stress spot in my back, so yeah, I think history says you have to treat these things with a bit of caution and make sure that in the long run they don't um, hang around and cause too many issues. So um, yeah, I'm absolutely flying at the moment, so I couldn't be happier with where I'm at. So you've had a slow build up because of that. Uh, can you bowl quicker? Can I bowl quicker? Yes. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think uh, this this preseason has been a really good little check-in uh, and and I've had the ability to do some fine-tuning and just some technical work that I've actually been wanting to do probably for the last 12 months. And I don't think you get that ability to do it when you're, when you're playing cricket. It's so hard to change bad habits and things like that that creep into your game. So... Uh, this this preseason's been like a nice little um, restructure of my action and nothing major, but just some fine tuning, I guess. So whether that translates to quicker bowling, I don't know. I think it might be more just economical and friendlier on my body, to be honest. You had a taste of, of course, Test cricket. You're part of the Australian Test squad against the West Indies in December. 
of uh, 2022. That's last year. Then, of course, you were part of the Australian Test Squad that uh, took on South Africa uh, during the summer. And you also were part of the Australian Test Squad for that tour against India in February of March uh, earlier this year. When you look at the competition places for test spots, where do you think you sit at the moment? Uh, yeah, I guess it's it's a pretty hard team to break into, and rightfully so. I think we've seen that, especially that pace attack, the four quicks, or and and Nathan Lyon just holding their spots for a long time, and they've been dominating. So um, I think they deserve the right to be holding those spots. But uh, from conversations that I've had with uh, coaching staff, I probably might be used to maybe extend the the playing career of those guys and at the same time if everything goes well ideally there's a bit of a handover and then if I'm playing all right then hopefully I can cement a spot yeah well that's great that's good they've no doubt given you direction on exactly where you need to be after all you you're still a young man there's no question about that what are you 25 I'm 25 yeah, yeah. 25 so you're a young man plenty of bowling to be had one thing that came through today is that cricket is reportedly set to become an Olympic sport at the 2028 Games in Los Angeles. So in 2028, you'll be, uh, and you'll still be around, you'll be 30 years of age. They reckon they're going to play T20 cricket in LA because the IOC want to give countries like India, Bangladesh and Pakistan, who tend to struggle at the Olympics as far as getting medals, an opportunity to win some Olympic gold. What do you think about cricket at the Olympics? That sounds pretty good to me. That's actually the first I, first I've heard of it. So um, I guess, like, yeah, the bigger the audience, the better. I think um, if it gets to the Olympics, that I, I'm sure a lot of guys would jump at the chance to, um, yeah, go over there and yeah. play. Well, I mean, we saw go on the the US league just recently. Like uh, from all reports, that went really well. So um, yeah popularity is definitely growing. Yeah, and uh, we'll know on Friday, actually, because the International Olympic Committee will sit down to deliberate what new sports will be welcomed into the fold for the LA Games. And the report suggests that men's and women's T20 cricket will make the cut um, and it'll become Olympic sport, I think, for just the second time since the Paris Games back in 1900. And as I mentioned, the IOC is keen to get more eyeballs on the Olympics. And they think by adding cricket, there'll be more eyeballs uh, in the subcontinent with India, Bangladesh and Pakistan. So keep yourself fit, mate, because uh, you could be going to L.A. in 2028. Exciting times. (laughs) Good on you, Lance. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Cricket's not far away, and we look forward to it. Of course, the BBL, very much part of it, commences in December. But we've got some Shield cricket to be played. And as you know, uh, you're part of the West Australian back-to-back Sheffield Shield triumphs. How's the squad looking uh, to try and get a three-peat? Yeah, we've got got the ability to have a really big squad now with um, quite a few guys being centrally contracted. So... We've got some new rookies and some new faces floating around, so um, we're we're building really nicely for this preseason. So um, yeah, hopefully we can go again. And Mitch uh, did okay in the T20 for Australia. He was captain of the Australian T20 side. He sort of smashed uh, the South African bowlers around a bit, didn't they? He, yeah, it's great to see him take to the um, role of skipper so seamlessly as well. Like he's he's always been a great leader, so um, it's exciting to see him. Mm. Um, take him apart over there. Is he one of the most popular guys going around in Australian cricket? It seems like everybody loves him. 
he he's a legend. He's he's just super humble and approachable. He's yeah, he's the first one to have a laugh at himself, and um, I think that's a really nice trait to have. Well, Wild Thing, thanks for joining us, mate. We appreciate it, Lance Morris, uh, on what is certainly not a cricket day today, but the weather will get better, and we look forward to seeing you here at Optus and, of course, in grounds around the country, dominating uh, with ball, and also you can certainly very handy with the bat as well. Enjoy the continued build-up to the season. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Good on you. Uh, The Wild Thing, Lance Morris joining us here on Sports Day WA. So we look forward to seeing that decision being made by the IOC on Friday regarding cricket. Uh, For Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand, uh, just uh, repeating some of the other news, Alex Dimonor has been uh, knocked out of the US Open tennis. He got defeated by Daniel Medvedev, uh, 2-6-6-4-6-1-6-2. Uh, a win for Alexander Zverev. He'll take on Carlos Alcaraz in the quarterfinals. Jessica Pagula uh, has been bundled out, uh, upset in the uh, fourth round. The American uh, Hope uh, losing there at Flushing Meadow. So just a bit of tennis news. All thanks to Polaris. Their plate clearance deals are on now. Save $2,000 on the range of 1,000 EPS, plus get $1,000 free accessories. We'll bring some more sport to you. Uh, there's been plenty happening, uh, certainly at home and also around the country. I'll come back with details of some other sport, uh, including uh, the latest on the AFL as we prepare for the AFL finals that get underway on Thursday night with Collingwood and Melbourne. And you'll hear from also Michael Voss as Carlton prepare to take on a finals campaign, their first for a long, long time. Welcome back to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos on this Tuesday. Just take note that on Thursday, Sports Day WA will be aired before the run home between two and three. Because, of course, Thursday night, the week one of the AFL finals get underway with Collingwood taking on Melbourne. Gets underway at 20 minutes past five our time. There'll be a full preview from five o'clock. And because that final clashes with Sports Day WA, I'll be on before the run home between two and three. So if you can jot that down in your diaries. So Thursday night, Collingwood, Melbourne. And then Friday night, it's Carlton against Sydney. And the CEO of the Sydney Swans, Tom Harley, was asked on SEN today if the Swans in any way had met with current Melbourne big man, Brody Grundy. You've been linked to Brody Grundy. Have you met with him yet, Tom? Oh, look, <laughs> I did hear that earlier this morning um, and appreciate all the, the interest in, in that. But um, clearly we're a club as a rule. We don't comment on, on what we do, um, who we meet and the like. So um, I won't provide any commentary on that other than to say that um, you know, we would expect our list management committee to to uh, do what we can to get better, and um, and we'll continue to do that. But we won't be uh, providing a, a public uh, running commentary on any of that. Can I take that as a yes? Because if if it was a no, you probably would have said no. Uh, there you go, uh, Kane Corns trying to get the latest out of. Tom Harley. As we continue the sports news headlines for Irrigear, Irrigear is here to save time and water. Look at Irrigear. By the way, let's look at Michael Voss, the coach of the Carlton Footy Club. They're taking on the Sydney Swans. And this is what he had to say on AFL 360 last night about how great it is 
that uh, they're back. That is the Blues in the finals. Yeah, it feels good, and it feels even better being at the MCG. Yeah. Um, no, I won't lie. You light up when you start talking about it, and knowing you're going back there and you're in that arena again. I mean, there's no better arena in the in the world uh, to be able to go out and do what you do. And um, you know, it's different as a coach. It's very different as a coach um, because you sort of take that collective energy on without having to expend it anywhere. Yes. Um, <laughs> so you know, so I'm just I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm really proud of what the group's been able to do and I just you know want to see our full version of ourselves because I know it's it's a pretty good version. Interesting that Collingwood coach Craig McRae is intent on picking Darcy Cameron and Mason Cox despite wet and cold conditions predicted for the Magpies qualifying final showdown against Melbourne tomorrow night. Now the Magpies will take both their big men into the blockbuster opener at the MCG no matter what the weather forecast is. I wouldn't be surprised if one of them actually starts on the bench as the 23rd man or the tactical sub. In other sporting news, uh, Alex Demonor has been uh, brutally blitzed out of the US Open tennis after an act of gamemanship turned his battle with Daniel Medvedev on its head. Medvedev flicked a switch late in the second set, winning 14 of the final 17 service games coming back from the brink of a boil-over defeat to win 2-6-6-4-6-1-6-2. Now, the fourth-round win means Medvedev is through to the quarters, where he'll play fellow Russian and good mate Andrei Rublev. Demonor took centre stage, shocked the New York crowd, raced through the first set in just 32 minutes. However, everything changed when Medvedev then went off the court for an extended break in a move that Aussie tennis great Todd Woodbridge said in his commentary what he described as gamemanship. The roller coaster match came after a wild day of action in New York. Alexander Zverev defeated Yannick Sinner in five sets to book a quarterfinal clash with Carlos Alcaraz, who swept into the quarters with a straight sets demolition of Italy's Matteo Arnaldi. In the women's draw, Jessica Bagula joined world number one Iga Svitek, uh, who was upset in the fourth round yesterday in heading for the tournament exit, losing in straight sets to compatriot and close friend Madison Keys. Just going back to football, one thing I'd like to play is Paul Connors is one of the AFL's leading player managers. And he was asked today on SEN about the upcoming trade period and draft. And he feels that the trade period and the draft this year will be very quiet. I firm believe it, though, that we're in for the... Um, the worst trade period ever. That's just my humble <laughs> period for you guys who have got to talk about it every day because I think that there's not going to be that many trades at the end of the day. Why is that? I think list spots, if you're in the marketplace, that the list spots have never been tighter. I think the draft's going to be less than 50 players for the first time in a long time. Um, there's clubs having one pick in the national draft. I think we've got we've got to do something about that as well. So there you go. So don't expect too much activity uh, regarding the trade period, which goes for about 10 days. So it might be a bit of a yawn. And then, of course, uh, the draft in November. That's a sports update for Irrigear, which offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions to save time and water. Irrigear is here. And just before I go, just reminding you about the great big prize giveaway that you can get involved with, thanks to Beaumont Tiles. They're giving away a trip for two to American football's biggest game, that is the Super Bowl, worth over $70,000. All you need to do is just shop in store at Beaumont Tiles before November 12 
and you're in with a chance to win. TNCs do apply. Just repeating, I'll be back again tomorrow, being the Wednesday edition of Sports Day WA between 5 and 6. But on Thursday, because of the first weekend of AFL finals and, of course, that Thursday night game that gets underway at 5.20 our time between Collingwood and Melbourne, that qualifying final, I'll be on between 2 and 3 before the run home. So I look forward to your company then. The program is being brought to you by the Kia EV6 GT, World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Asher, for your production support. I'll see you tomorrow from 5, right here on SENWA.